Hello team commit to six. I have just finished your check-ins which means it's Monday and they were unbelievable but I'm not just saying that really 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 good and I love the positivity and actually there were a few people who said I didn't join this for weight loss um, so I hope you're not disappointed with the fact that I've not lost any weight and I just want to reiterate that the people have joined for various reasons, not all weight loss. A lot of it's been sort of mindset, I really want to stick to something for six weeks, I really want to enjoy exercise again, I really want to be accountable to someone. I don't care what it is that you want to do as long as you achieve it and get something from this. If you want to use this time as something just to get you back on track, that's absolutely fine. All I want is that you get really great results from this, no matter what those results entail. God, it's quite late and um, I don't think I'm very eloquent today, but I'm gonna persist anyway. So there are a few things that came up that I want to go over. And one of them actually didn't come up, but I wanna speak about it anyway. So I'm gonna pretend like it did. And that is, if you should change what you're doing. So maybe I've made no changes. And there are various reasons that I might not have made any changes. And I actually think that many trainers change things too quickly. So for example, if you're making progress, I'm not gonna change anything because why would I change what's working? I think too many people are quick to make unnecessary changes just for the sake of changing. And, and a lot of people come from it from a good place, you know, what, what more could I be doing? And the answer is often nothing. So these things take time, fat loss takes time, building muscle takes time, improving fitness takes time. And the magic in it, which isn't sexy, is consistency. Yay. So if you're getting results, keep doing what you're doing and don't always be looking for the next thing that you should be doing or the next extra thing that you should be doing because actually, you know, the law of diminishing returns applies to exercise and applies to dieting so more isn't always better and that's definitely true for sort of the focus that you're putting on diet and exercise and more actually can be detrimental so if you do have some extra energy or motivation i would suggest you channel that into something else so your friends family education self-development of some kind which kind of brings me on to a really interesting point that came up this weekend. I was down at, um, I was gonna say conference, it wasn't really a conference, it was a meetup down in Birmingham. And it was called the Strength, Beauty, Power event. And it was a really, really nice day actually. And, and there were loads of brilliant speakers. But one of the speech speakers uh, suggested, uh, so her talk was on self-development. One of the things that she suggested was to write a list of things that make you feel good and a list of things that make you feel bad at the end of the day. So things that had, yeah, made you feel good that day and on also things that have made you feel bad or negative that day. And then I think the idea was sort of to reduce the negatives and increase the things that made you feel good. But I actually would kind of just stop it there on the, the writing of the list. And it's something that I noticed in check-ins as well, that even if you got no response from me, which everybody did, obviously, I would never ignore a check-in, but even if you weren't checking in with me, the process of writing that and assessing the last two weeks 
is really therapeutic and it makes you question what you're doing so if you're like okay you're asking me if I stuck to my diet I didn't and why actually why didn't I do that what was stopping me and what am I going to change about that but I think that's something that we really don't do like how often do you sit back and look at your day or the last two weeks and your behaviors and really think are these behaviours and are these actions bringing me closer to my goals? And if they're not, why are they not? And I guess the the point of the self-development talk, God, I'm bad today, was the listing of the good and bad was more about assessing how you feel rather than bringing you closer to your goals. But it was very interesting. And uh, although I think my issue a lot of the time with some self-development is a lot of people will tell you to to take the negatives out of your life and I think much of the time that's just not gonna happen or isn't actually what you need what is a better question is why are these things making you feel negative and do they need to leave your life or do you need to change your mindset around them so I think that's quite a good question to ask yourself and actually I just recorded a podcast with Dr Mike if you don't already listen to Fitness Unfiltered you very much should but he made a really good point which was that sometimes he will experience a feeling that he's unsure of <laughs> oh my god my I can't speak today but anyway he'll experience a feeling and he's not sure why he is feeling that and I'm sure we've all been in that position But to ask yourself why that is, like, why does something make me feel negative? I I never ask myself that. I just know that I don't like certain things. But when you take a step back and think, okay, well, why don't you like that? There's no reason that you shouldn't. So that that was an interesting point from the the meetup this weekend. And another very interesting point, I think this was my take home or at least my favourite bit, which I guess is slightly biased because Amelia is a good friend of mine. But her talk was absolutely brilliant. And I've never actually got the opportunity to see her speak because we normally speak at the same events and then the days are so busy that you never really get a chance to see each other's talk. So it was really, really nice to see her talk. And in it was a quote about um, shame and binge eating and well that's what the quote is related to and the quote is that shame corrodes the very part of us that believes we can change and I thought that was a really nice quote and there were a few other points that I think are useful take-homes that are very very simple but awkwardly I had to put my hand up and and I guess admit that I don't do a lot of these so it's changed I'm gonna make some changes this week to that but one of them was you know not eating with distractions around so I'm very bad for having my dinner in front of my laptop or even having my lunch well actually yeah having basically all my meals in front of my laptop and I know that that's not a good thing to do and I know that I'm distracted and I know that I could take 10 minutes out to sit down and actually enjoy what I'm eating but I still don't do it so I'm going to start doing that but I think that's something that we should all question if we're doing as well you know are you eating in front of the tv are you eating with a load of distractions are you taking your time are you being mindful and are you actually yeah thinking about what you're eating so another tip is to 
rate your hunger from one to ten before and after a meal which I've previously done but I haven't done for a very long time and that's very eye-opening as well now I'm not saying that you should necessarily do anything about the scores that you get yet but I think it's uh, an interesting thing to think about and to record and then to look back on maybe at next check and we can discuss this is are you eating because you're hungry are you eating because that's when you normally eat are you eating because you're bored how full are you when you finish eating and actually how hungry were you before you started eating and her final message was to be kinder to yourself which i think is a really nice message but it's so true that we we speak to ourselves all day um hopefully most of us not out loud but we're in our heads all day and we're often so horrible to ourselves and I think Amelia was talking about one of her clients well she does this with many of her clients but you have to count how many times you say negative things about yourself and someone had counted up to 50 I think it was which seems huge but I bet actually if we all counted um it would be pretty high and I know that some of it is self-deprecating humour which I very much enjoy myself but it probably does become internalised so I think it is something that we should be more aware of and try to cut down on. Okay we're bringing it back now to relevant points about checking and something that came up was I have a sweet tooth and I find it very hard to manage what should I do and as ever I guess it is always about finding balance and choosing your indulgences and enjoying them here and there when you have them kind of brings us back to that mindful eating assessing your hunger thinking about what you're eating thinking about how it tastes and enjoying it but i will also say that i find that when it comes to dieting you really are as restricted as you think you are and that if you tell yourself that you have a sweet tooth and you can't have chocolate or you can't have this or that that's the first thing that you want whereas if you tell yourself that you know what i'm i'm choosing not to eat as much chocolate or as much of the sweets whatever it is because i've got a goal and that's going to bring me closer to my goal but and this is the important part for me i still have the freedom to eat as much chocolate as i want whenever i want but it's my choice not to do that. And I'm choosing not to do that because that doesn't align with my goals at the moment. And for me, that's really helped with dieting in that there's, you know, you don't, you, it's not about I can't have this because I'm on a diet. I can't do this because I'm on a diet. I'm so restricted because I'm on this diet. You've chosen to be on this diet. You can at any point stop, but you want to get results. So you're going to stay, you're going to stick it out and you're going to do it. And yet will be hard and yet there will be times that you would rather have some chocolate but you're making a choice multiple times a day every day to commit to it not because you're dieting and you can't have it but because not having it right now is going to bring you closer to your goals and i find that that feeling of freedom is very important and knowing that dieting is always a choice and that kind of takes the pressure off as well knowing that actually at any point i can choose not to do this but i am doing it because i want to get results but i have complete freedom not to do it i also think i've repeated this numerous times but i think it's a really important point so i hope that's 
internalized into your brains now. So you all had new programs this week. So I hope you're enjoying them. And I have, I did like day two days ago, pretty sore. And I've enjoyed the feedback, which is quite funny because a lot of people have said, oh, like day looked really short. And I was just thinking, oh, this will be fine. Uh, so I am very, very impressed with the intensity. And you will find that it's bloody hard if you put in the work. But it's the same with all training programs, really. I mean, I could do any program and make it really hard if I picked hard weights and I pushed myself, or I could do any program and make it really easy if I chose easier weights, lighter weights, didn't really push myself for the rep ranges. So I like seeing that people are finding it hard and finding it sore because it means you're doing the workouts right. And I would much rather you did five exercises so for example the leg session is five really important leg exercises than and doing them well with intent and intensity then faffed around doing eight half of them being sort of fluff exercises which aren't really doing that much for you so do the right exercises and do them well and thou shall get results has anyone noticed that when they park really far away, like in an empty car park, and they park at the end of the car park, people are a little bit suspicious, like, why would you be there if you weren't doing something dodgy? And I feel like people think I may be there to deal drugs, but really I'm just trying to get my steps up. don't know if anyone else has experienced this, but it would be interesting to know. Anyway, moving on from this. Last weekend I was at an event down in Birmingham called the strength beauty and power event and it was really awesome but anyway my talk was on the science of dieting or the science of fat loss and i wasn't speaking about this to unnecessarily overcomplicate fat loss i speak about it and think it's really important because it helps people get their head around fat loss and look at it in a more logical way because the very basics of fat loss or dieting are really very simple. So it's energy in versus energy out. You need to eat less calories um, than you burn in order to lose body fat. That's a pretty crude and simple way to look at it. And that is what dictates the energy stores in your body and thus body fat levels. However, there are many things that influence this, not least emotions, sleep, stress, relationship with food, genetics, hormones. And some of these factors are blamed for lack of fat loss independently of energy balance. So I think some people get a bit confused about this. So they might say something like, I am in a deficit or I'm sticking to my calories, but I'm not losing body fat because I'm stressed. Now that's not quite how it works. You see, these factors influence your ability to lose body fat, your ability to successfully diet by affecting either energy in or energy out or potentially both. So if we look at a few examples, your emotions might result in emotional eating, which would result in increased energy intake. Your sleep, if you don't get enough sleep, you might have reduced willpower, which means you give in to more cravings. Again, increased energy intake. Or you might feel a bit lackluster so you're moving less, you're not burning as much energy, reduced energy output. Stress eating uh, or stress would potentially cause stress eating. Again, increased energy intake. Um, your genetics is an interesting one. 
So your genetics can predispose you to having a higher, or, well, they can predispose you to finding it much harder to lose body fat. And they do this by either affecting energy in or energy out in various ways. So some people are genetically predisposed to having higher hunger levels. So that means they are genuinely hungrier and find it harder to restrict. This doesn't mean that they're lazy. It means that their hunger signals are much higher than someone else's. So it is actually harder for them to lose weight. So it's not an excuse, or maybe it is an excuse, but there is a legitimate reason. That doesn't mean you can't do something about it. It just might be a little bit harder and it might mean that you need a little bit of extra support. The other interesting thing about genetics is that we all react slightly different to energy deficits. So we all adapt to dieting in slightly different ways. Now, some people adapt to dieting, so they adapt to reduced energy intake by reducing their energy output. Now, most people do this to some extent, but some people are, I guess you would say, better at adapting because they reduce their energy output a lot more when they reduce their energy intake so that they store more energy. Now, this previously, in evolutionary terms, would have been a brilliant thing because you're storing more energy, that means you're potentially going to survive for longer, and at any point when food was scarce, you know, you would be more likely to survive. And that's why these traits have been selected and passed on through our genes for many, many years, and why actually it's so easy for us to store body fat, but quite hard for us to lose it because our body's sort of working against us. But back to my point that some people have a much higher adaptation to dieting. And that's one reason why we, we keep a track of your step count, because that's a good indication of how much energy expenditure you have. But if we had completely, I'll call it free living conditions where I wasn't monitoring anything, and let's say I reduced your energy intake, what might happen is you just simply reduce your energy output, meaning that you're not in a deficit or you're not in as big a deficit as we thought you had created via diet. So we have to be um, logical and, and look at both sides of the energy balance equation and know that actually reducing your energy intake is probably gonna reduce your energy output. So we need to consider that when we're looking at calories in versus calories out and finding energy balance. And this is often one of the reasons um, that many people struggle on a diet or they think that their diet's potentially not working because they're like, oh, I've, you know, I've stuck to my 1500 calories a day. Why am I not losing weight? But they've not tracked their energy output and actually their energy output has gone down as well, meaning that they're not in as big a deficit, if in a deficit at all. Now, given the world that we live in or the free living conditions that we live in, um, this is very hard to study or at least accurately study but what we can do is look at mice models and obviously we are not mice but there are some um maybe i wouldn't say conclusions but there are some interesting points we can draw from some mice studies so one particular study looked at a group of mice and put them all on the same relative diet so let's say they're all in a 20 percent calorie deficit now there was a huge variation in the amount of weight these mice lost but all of the variation in the amount of weight that they lost was down to the amount that they moved or the amount that they didn't move. So my point here is that the 
difference in weight lost on the same diet is often down to energy expenditure and how much that has changed, which is why I promote NEAT so much and why we're looking at your step count and looking at other ways to burn energy and especially outside of the gym because I think a lot of people think that exercise burns a lot of calories and actually it doesn't really burn that many calories when we look at things in the bigger picture so your 24-hour calorie burn or your 24-hour energy expenditure 23 of those hours are probably not going to be spent doing exercise and on some days 24 of those hours won't be spent doing exercise so how active you are during the other hours is really really important and that's going to impact far more towards your energy expenditure than the hour you spend in the gym even if you're doing an hour of crazy crossfit or an hour of cardio which would say that you've burnt more calories in the gym i really don't want you to focus on calorie burn in the gym exercise isn't for burning calories yes that is a a side effect that's a great side effect but there are so many benefits to exercise beyond calorie burn and it probably wouldn't even be in my top five now i have gone slightly off point because my original point was why i like to speak about the science of fat loss and how that's not to overcomplicate things but it's to try and remove some of the emotion from dieting and i like to start these talks with a quote or a bit of a slide that i quite like and i you can't see it here because this is in fact a podcast but the slide says that fat is something oh, it does not say that the slide says that fat is not something that you are it is something that you have i.e I am not fat, I simply have fat. And that may seem like an insignificant difference to many people, but it's actually a huge difference and it's a huge difference in mindset. So the first statement, I am fat, is a fixed mindset. It insinuates it's not changeable. But the second statement, I have some fat, is a changeable mindset. It insinuates that you could change that as something that you have, but it's also something you could lose if you want to. And I like to look at fat as quite simply what it is, which is a store of excess energy. And it says nothing about who you are. So it's not that you are fat. It's that you have some excess energy. And really instilling that in someone's mind, which I hope by the end of my talks, they actually feel as opposed to just saying, um, is really important to taking the emotion away from dieting and also kind of relieving the pressure of it because there's a lot of emotion wrapped up in how we look and how we feel and how much fat we have and how we view our bodies. And knowing that it's just something that you have and if you make certain changes in behaviours, you could lose that. And there's nothing wrong with having some excess stored energy, but it's a changeable thing. And I will continue with a segment of this talk in next week's episode and hope that actually I can instill that into you all and have you believing that you are not fat, you simply have some fat. And hopefully that will help you change your mindset around the way you see dieting. And I would like to finish this episode with a quote from one of my very special VIP clients, Nikki Bliss. And that is that the day you plant the seed is not the day you eat the fruit. Actually, I think the one she sent me was the day you plant the seed is not the day you pick the flower, but the same sort of principle applies. And 
I really, well, there's a number of reasons I really like this. Partly because she sent me it and said, this made me think of you, which means that I'm talking a lot about delayed gratification, which is essentially what that quote is talking about. And that she's listening, which is both great news, but also because of the meaning behind the quote, which is, as I kind of just said, about delayed gratification. So knowing that although going to the gym today will get you in the long run, no results, one gym session will not really do anything for you. But doing that consistently over time and knowing that it will get you results in the long term is what's going to make a difference. And the same is true for dieting. So, you know, not having an extra portion today or not having five cookies instead of one today won't make any difference tomorrow but it will over time and these behaviors will compound over time and not only is that true for diet and exercise but it's also true for most things in life even studying for exams for example the gratification doesn't come at the time it's not fun to study for an exam you won't get an immediate reward from sitting in at night studying for an exam But in the long term, does that mean you're more likely to pass your degree? Yes. And you're hoping that the work that you put in now gives you a a reward later. And when we look at most things that are worth having, they require some element of delayed gratification. If I wanted to learn French, doing 10 minutes today, maybe I would learn a few words, but it's not really going to make much difference to my French speaking skills. However, if I invested 10 minutes a day for the next six months, I could probably get pretty good at French, which I'm not going to do. So it was a very bad idea. Maybe I should now I've said it. Oh, pressure. Anyway, I think you get my point that putting in effort now in the hope of reward later does require a bit of motivation, a bit of willpower, but it is what's going to get you results long term and it is a really important skill to have. And interestingly, a lot of research on human behaviour and delayed gratification shows that most people are actually more likely to opt for an immediate reward, even if the delayed reward is greater. So for example, getting, I don't know, £50 now or £100 in a year, most people would opt for the £50 now which is quite an interesting observation. Probably the most well-known study on delayed gratification is the marshmallow study that's from Stanford. And I think it was done in the 1950s or something. Anyway, quite a while ago now. And they looked at, well, they took young children and gave, they offered them either one marshmallow now, I don't think it was always marshmallows, but one treat now, or they could have two treats if they waited later. And I think the waiting period is about 15 minutes. Interestingly, the results showed that those children who practiced delayed gratification and were followed up later in life actually had reduced BMI and increased SATs scores, so increased academic achievements. And the link there, or what the researchers kind of proposed, was that those who could, who had that skill of or that maybe it's a personality trait, maybe it can be taught, I'm not sure, of delayed gratification. In fact, I'm going to take that back. I'm definitely sure it can be taught and it can be instilled. So, which is why I find this study a little bit um, 
confusing or maybe not confusing but potentially gives the wrong message that it almost insinuates in it's an innate thing that we would have from childhood but anyway those children who practice delayed gratification seem to do better in many things later in life and obviously those two examples would relate to things like immediate reward from potentially overeating or eating lots of sweets or treats and things like studying waiting for a an exam and making sure you're prepared for that both of those require high levels of delayed gratification however and that that was quite a mouthful i'm not sure why i started speaking at 500 miles an hour but this study was or at least it was attempted to be replicated and actually the same findings weren't found and it turns out there was quite a lot of co-founding variables so things such as their economic status which actually now looking back may seem like that had a bigger impact but I imagine the impact could have potentially been on the likelihood of them practicing delayed gratification so the findings would still count not sure anyway nonetheless I feel like I've spoken enough about that and thank you very much Nikki for the amazing quote I hope you all have a lovely weekend enjoy the beautiful weather choose your indulgences stay accountable and always strive to be your best self peace sorry that was really cringe but that is how I'm ending the podcast today goodbye oh wait sorry no it's me I'm back Please do rate, share, subscribe, um, write little reviews on the podcast if you have enjoyed it, because that would be really useful to me. And I always appreciate your feedback as well. And that is the end of the podcast. Thank you and goodbye.